Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So my mother and myself decided to visit Nevada City, CA on a whim. It's an old-timey Victorian-era mining or logging town built in 1856. You can look at pictures on Google if you really want to see a creepy town. It looks haunted without even having to try, to be honest. But after eating lunch at a brew pub, we decided to stroll around the massive Pioneer Historical Cemetery on the outskirts of town. It wasn't quite dusk yet, but the trees are really tall in this area, so daylight is hard to gauge, and it usually feels later than it is. This cemetery was sprawling and... I mean, most pioneer cemeteries are because of the high mortality rate of the time, but this had lots of child graves. As we progress through the cemetery though, it starts like a proper cemetery with large ornate tombs, mausoleums, marble obelisks, family plots, etc. But what's wild about this particular cemetery is that it stretches on almost forever into the woods. Spooky, but this isn't a paranormal story. You see, as we follow the cemetery deeper and deeper into the woods, it becomes hard to tell what's a grave or not, and it's getting more wild and sort of overgrown. It eventually devolved into just wilderness, really, with the occasional sign of homeless camps like abandoned tents, bags of trash, etc. Luckily, the trees were opening up and more daylight was coming through, and we ended up in an open area with a large solitary juniper tree, tall brush, and a few random graves around as well. I sort of tripped over something at some point and it turned out to be a purse, like a large designer purse and it looked super old like it had been there for a while. Looking up from the purse about maybe 10 yards ahead I saw what looked like a pile of women's clothing but then I noticed to my horror a tangled mass of hair and at that I froze. You ever know something without actually knowing something? I knew that this was a dead woman's body, down to my core. I put a hand out and stopped my mum, who was trailing behind me. Get your phone, call the police. That's a dead body over there. And she immediately started dialing 911 because, like me, she just knew too. 
But this, this is where it just gets crazy. You see, as my mum and I are discussing the situation, we had our attention turned away from the corpse. When we look back at the body, I swear that she was sitting up with her back turned to us. She was wearing a bright red trench coat and she had super grimy blonde hair that was more standing up than laying on her shoulders. It's like the grime in her hair allowed it to sort of defy gravity if you catch my drift and slowly she turned her head over her shoulder like something out of a horror movie and spotted us. She literally jumped to her feet lightning fast and turned to face us. Her front was a mess of torn clothing and she was barely covered. In the weirdest gait that I'd ever seen, she rapidly advanced on us in a jerking, sort of lurching fashion. Her hands were desperately trying to keep herself covered. My first thought was that she had been assaulted. She kept trying to speak to us, but it was like she couldn't form words, only make sort of high-pitched squeaks. As she closed in on me, she stopped and pointed down in excitement at the purse that I had tripped over. I asked if it was hers, and when I did, her expression changed into a horrible smirk. It still haunts me when I think of it, and suddenly she was slowly starting to undress herself, and we had to shout to her to, to stop it. By this point, we had the cops on the way, the dispatcher had heard everything, and we said that we had found someone in serious distress. Be that as it may, we both knew that it was not a safe situation for us and we quickly backed away, turned and we booked it out of there. When we eventually followed up with the police out of concern and to be honest curiosity too, they said that whoever we had found, they must have fled because they never did find her. I really do hope to God that whoever that person was that she's okay and that she gets the help that she needs because she was obviously not all there. So my fiance and I hiked into some forest in Ontario one time. We had a friend drop us off at the side of an old logging road in the middle of nowhere and we hiked into the woods due east. The road, it ran north-south, so basically all we had to do was stay due east hiking in and due west hiking out, and we would reach the road again for our rendezvous at a predetermined time a couple of days later. Now, there are no natural predators this far south, such as bears or wolves, so for protection, I only really brought a K-bar knife and some bear spray, in case coyotes took an interest in our two dogs that accompanied us. The logging road was no longer in use by any industry and we had hiked into the woods a few kilometers so the chances of running into another human were pretty much nil. In addition, hunting is not permitted in this area and there is no water nearby for fishing either. But there really wasn't any reason for anyone else to be out there in the middle of the woods that far off the road is what I'm getting at. There's also no cell service although I did bring a flare gun and multiple flares in case we ran into trouble to signal for help. No GPS, just a compass. We were careful hiking in and didn't do anything risky to avoid injuries in this remote place. It was nearly fall, but it was unseasonably cold that day, but well below freezing, with lots of leaves on the ground and still on the trees, but no snow yet. We set up camp in some thick woods. You could barely see 50 feet away the trees or bushes were so dense. We were totally isolated and... Honestly, we felt completely safe. 
It was so cold though and so dark at night, it was moonless and cloudy, that we went to bed early to stay warm. I'm a heavy sleeper too and the next thing that I remember is I'm awakened by my dog pouring at my face. It's pitch black and I can't even see him. I go to pet him but something's wrong. As I touched him I could feel his fur standing straight up and he was completely rigid facing the door of the tent. He was clearly on guard and very alert. At first I assumed that there was a, a woodland creature nearby but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. That is unusual because I often camp alone no problem and I'm not really easily spooked I guess you could say. My dog and I just stayed there frozen though and alert for at least a couple of minutes. My fiance and other dog were still fast asleep next to us. It was 3.30 in the morning. I checked my phone after the incident. The fire was out, no moon and it was complete darkness. But just as I was letting my guard down, I hear the most unexpected thing. A notification going off on a phone just outside of our tent, maybe 15 to 20 feet away and I also see a faint glow. I hear a male voice mutter, oh no, or something to that effect and hear them running through the leaves away from our tent. They were clearly smacking into tree branches too and swearing as they did so. At this point, they turn on their flashlight as they run and I can see the beam flailing wildly around in the woods, occasionally back into our tent. The dogs start going absolutely ballistic. I grab my knife and look at my phone. It's 3.30. I screamed out, if you come back here I'll blow your head off. I'm assuming that he had a satellite phone or really good cell service to get notification like that. The other weird thing though was that he fled deeper into the woods and nothingness, not towards the west where the logging road was. Well, needless to say, we packed up in the cold and we hiked back to the road that night, watching our backs the entire time. We just walked down the road towards far off civilization until we ran into some other campers set up right next to the road, seven or eight kilometers away from where we came out of the woods. It was just after first light when we made it there. They let us use their satellite phone and we called our friend to come and pick us up a day early and upon hearing our story, the campers decided that they would pack up as well and get out of the area too. It was a lesson learned and I do not camp in the wilderness anymore without a satellite phone and at least a 12 gauge. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I live in what I believe is a house that's built between 1200 years ago to about 600 years ago. It's a cottage completely made from stone, apart from some newer installed pipes, and its original walls and structures were constructed by Viking settlers probably around 500 AD. All of our doors are made of heavy thick wood and I think our house is very likely to be haunted. The first few things that happened while we lived in our house were subtle, yet still noticeable. What I mean is that the house felt uneasy during the day, but it could be brushed off. But in the dark of night, it was almost oppressive. Now one day, I wasn't home for the night, so my mum was home alone. She told me that she was getting ready to go to sleep at about 12, and she apparently heard footsteps at the top of the stairs, and my bedroom door opening as well. She went to check it out because she thought that it was our dog who had went into our room or something. But the room was empty and absolutely freezing and my mum told me that she felt really unsafe which caused her to leave the room and shut the door immediately. When she went back downstairs to the living room she saw that our dog was asleep on the couch. After this happened about maybe two years ago things have just sort of slowly begun to escalate further as well. Even in the middle of summer or when our central heating is on my room always feels frigidly cold. Every night I would hear vague banging around the house and very often things would be moved around or changed for instance and many times the vacuum cleaner head had been switched from carpet setting to hard floor setting which neither me or my mum remember doing. But I was always blamed for doing this and it caused a few arguments before as well. But this is when I started hearing at night, whatever it was, slowly climbing the stairs towards my bedroom. It was always very slow, one step every like 5 or 10 minutes, and always ended with a horrible feeling of dread all around the house, especially if it was very dark. I was trying to get to sleep once when this happened. My bed was right beside where my door opened from, and I watched as the doorknob twisted, and the door swung open. I huddled under my covers for a bit, but when I came out for breath, I saw a flash of some face hovering over the edge of my bed. Its eyes were dead and its skin was dry and rotten, and it had a warped smile as well. It disappeared as fast as it had appeared and it left me almost paralyzed with fear until I must have just passed out or something because all I remember next was waking up in the morning. Now, this sort of thing happens most nights if I don't have a light on in my room that is. There's always activity on in the stairs and in the attic, with my attic door being moved open several times in recent years, as well as sometimes groaning or growling in my house too. 
and the other night a framed painting had fallen to the floor and then it was destroyed as though someone threw it to the ground and took an axe to it. Though it didn't disturb my dog even and who would have gone crazy, logically speaking I would say, but I myself went down and destroyed the painting in that manner as well. I also think that it even follows me around outside of my home now as well, which is terrifying. A few nights ago I was moving some black bin bags out to the back of the workplace to put them in the dumpster and there are no lights around there so it's pitch black. When I was returning from that I noticed a white face staring at me from behind scaffolding. It was sort of elongated and it sent a horrible chill down my spine. I only got a single glimpse until I did a double take but by then it had disappeared. Later after I had clocked out of work I took a photo of that place where I saw the face and the next day I took another photo. The only difference in the two photos? Two circular lights like beady glowing eyes in the photo that I took in the dark. While in the day, the same lights were nowhere to be seen. As if whatever was there had moved away. I don't know what's going on but I just have this feeling that something is after me. I had a, a strange encounter with an older man when I was 15. I just moved to another city and my mother took me and my brothers to the mall. She told me that she would pick us up at one of the entrances at a certain time so at about 10 minutes before then I sat on a bench waiting with my brothers, phone in my hand waiting on her call. I'm the quiet sort of, I don't know, like laid back type so I'm really in my own world and not paying attention to the people around me at the time. But even though I'm not directly paying attention to anyone, I still have a pretty good sense in telling when someone or something is out of place. So all of a sudden, I see a tall white man in an old-fashioned dark trench coat standing on the side of me. He's just looking at me with a smirk on his face. I was a young black male from the hood and had never seen someone dressed like him. I looked around to see if anybody else thought that this was strange, but everybody was just minding their own business. He asked if I believed in Jesus Christ. I just looked at him. This was particularly weird because I grew up very religious but had just started to question my faith. He said more stuff related to Jesus and religion but I zoned him out. I was low-key sort of irritated and looked over to my brothers but they seemed to not even notice the man standing in front of me talking. The man still had his weird smile on his face. I got uncomfortable so I looked at my phone to see if I got a text from my mother yet but hadn't. It felt like time stopped as we stared at each other for a few seconds and the man said your mother's outside. I looked towards the entrance but didn't see a truck. I turned back around to him and when I did he was gone. Nowhere in sight. It's like he just straight up disappeared even though there was really nowhere to go. My phone started ringing and it was my mother telling me that she was indeed out front. I looked to the entrance again and see her just now pulling up. I asked my brothers, where did the man that I was talking to go? And they said that they never saw me talking to anybody, especially no one like I described. He reminded me of sort of like the men in black, how they dressed. And when I was young, I thought that maybe he was a time traveler or something, but nowadays... I have no idea what this experience meant and who that person was. 
So this happened way back in 2017. I, a female and 16, was in 5th grade at the time. Me and my sister, who was female and 19, were sharing a room and we were casually just talking. She was in middle school and I was in elementary. So keep in mind too that I live in a two-story house. The rail that goes along the stairs is like a metal gate so you're able to see to downstairs and all that. At night, you can't see anything when looking downstairs though. It's literally just pitch black as all you can hear is movement. So that night, me and my sister were just hanging out when all of a sudden we hear a deep raspy voice that's coming from the dark and it said my sister's name and we completely froze. Then a couple of seconds later, it said my sister's name again but with more force in its voice and that's when me and her slammed and locked the door quickly. My stomach turned so much and I had such a horrible feeling that I was about to die. I always tell people that it sounded like a clown that lost its voice almost. It was so raspy and scary that it just didn't sound normal. The only people home were my aunt and cousin but they were asleep and my mum's boyfriend had just left to work on a car so me and my sister were the only ones awake so we knew someone was inside. It got so silent though all of a sudden and then we could hear the footsteps coming up the stairs. We started to freak out obviously, especially since we didn't have anything to protect ourselves with if something happened. I was on the phone with the 911 dispatcher though while my sister was on the phone with my mum and my mum made me hang up on the dispatcher for whatever reason. Anyway, my mum's boyfriend gets here and there's not a single thing moved. Everything was locked and to this day I truly believe that someone was with us that night. I think about it every day. I truly thought that I was about to die that night. I thought that somebody had broken in and we were about to be killed. But after this, I now believe that this house has a couple of spirits roaming around but I haven't had anything else happen so... To be honest, I don't know what that was. November 13, 2011 is when my mum went crazy. My parents were married for 21 years. My mum has always had her demons, but for a long time she at least tried. Sometime in 2006 or 2007, after I went off to college... She went off her meds for depression for who knows the how manyth time. But this time was different. I didn't realize what mania looked like at that time. I was only 18 after all, but years later I realized that she had an adult onset of bipolar disorder. And man, it was unnerving to say the least. It was the last straw for my dad and he left. The divorce was finalized in 2008. My mum was never the same too. I think the combination of borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder, both diagnosed, meant watching her go up and down on a haunting roller coaster of destruction, also meant watching the small part of her that was a mother fade away. My dad left her the house, the one that we had lived in all my life. It's a beautiful home too, cozy and on the corner. There's a big bay window and natural light and... It's always felt like home, until the divorce that is. I hated being in that house after my dad left. Her behavior became more erratic and the lows became so much lower and the house began to change too. It was dark and stale and 
you just couldn't wait to leave. I've always chalked it up to my perception as a young adult, weathering a divorce and my mum's downward spiral, but now, I don't know. You see, it got worse and worse over time, and, and then I got a phone call on November 13, 2011. I was living in another city. The call was from my father, telling me that a neighbor noticed that he hadn't seen my dog in the bay window for several days, and decided to use the spare key my mother had given him. The dog was found dead in the bathroom, and my mother in bed, weak and frail. She had laid in the bed for so long that her leg muscles had atrophied. The dog, I've never really been able to get answers on, but my sister once let it slip that there was blood. The cleaners that my aunt hired to clean the house also found my cat three days into the job, crushed to death between the ottoman and the chair in the back room. She spent the next few years in a catatonic state, first in the mental hospital and then she was transferred to a nursing home. In the meantime, I was the one to clean up the house. She was a shopaholic hoarder to say the least and mental illness had only amplified it too. The first time that I came back home, it felt dark and stale but it was empty. It didn't have the panicked pressure that I had felt with my mother there. I sorted and cleaned sorted more and cleaned more, and sorted and cleaned even more. But the more I did this, the lighter and brighter it became, until it felt like home again, I guess. Not really, but kind of. There was always a bit of staleness there that I just couldn't get rid of, but I attributed, and perhaps still do, it to my subconscious awareness of what had happened there. One thing that I did notice about the house, though, was that the lightness could become dark in the blink of an eye, and everything was gradual, if that makes sense. Like, you never noticed things until you were consumed by the stale darkness that was there. It was sort of like a cloak coming over the place in one steady sweep. It was odd, but, I mean, how can you explain it apart from just psychological, right? I had a boyfriend, too, and... Our relationship wasn't exactly healthy to begin with, but I will say that he noticed the same things that I did with the house. And there were three specific incidences within that house that I would like to share. So one day, it was me, him, and one of his friends sitting in the middle room when we heard the distinct sound of the front door opening. They went to go and check, and it was closed, with no sign of being opened. The thing about the door is that, as it was old like the rest of the house, the door had become difficult to open and close. In order to open it, you had to put your shoulder into it in fact, but in order to close it, you had to thrust your body weight against it several times sometimes before it would shut. We heard it open, but the weirdest thing is that we never actually heard it shut. To us, this just seemed impossible. And I mean, three people heard the exact same thing, so it wasn't like we misheard it. The second incident was my ex and I were sitting in the middle room once again. We were in our office chairs at our desks, talking about something, when we distinctly heard several creaks overhead and a sudden smash directly, and I mean directly over my head in the attic. It was as if someone took several steps until they were overhead and had either a plate or something glass and threw it with great force. The sound was so incredibly clear and my ex and I locked eyes with each other and we whispered, there's someone in the attic. I was gone. I bolted out to the garage and backed my car out and parked in the driveway. 
My ex came out to meet me and convinced me to stay where I was in the car as he called his best friend, the same one who heard the front door open and not open, and asked him to come with his gun so that they could search the attic. His best friend arrived in less than two minutes with his weapon. They both went inside the house and searched the place from top to bottom as I sat in the driveway. The way that this home was set up was that it was on a corner lot like I said. The side gate faced the street and there was a bay window that wrapped around the house and sort of stretched almost to the front door. We still had the blinds pulled up. This meant that from my vantage point I could see inside half of the house and if anyone exited through the only two exits in the home, the front door and the side gate, I could even see the back fence from where I was. I would have definitely seen them. I could even see the roof in fact. It was not a large home by any means too and I would have been able to see anyone if they were making an escape. As I waited for the boys to return, I half expected to see a homeless man scramble out of the house at one point. I mean, it was really the only thing that could explain the sound of something being thrown right above my head. The boys completed the search of the home, but there was nothing, and nobody was to be found. I asked if they had checked the attic. Thoroughly, they said. I believe them too. But the thing about the attic of that house is that it wasn't sort of a true attic. The rafters were set up in such a way that a person could not really walk around freely up there. If they did, they would fall through the ceiling. There was a light switch up there too and the boys had examined every square inch of the attic and there was no sign of life to be found. And in fact, there wasn't even any glass. Nothing. Now, it would be easy to write that off as just a strange sound that the old house had made if it wasn't for one thing my boyfriend was insistent on, the footsteps that he had heard leading up to the crash. He was adamant. He had heard the footsteps above him as they walked to the spot right above me. He had heard the wood slightly creak as if something had lifted its arm up to throw something with force. I wear hearing aids, so I miss out on a lot of those sorts of sounds, but... I had heard the creaking before the smash, and I knew by then when my boyfriend was being sincere. I believe him even to this day as to hearing those footsteps. Now the third thing that happened was we were in the house for two or three years. I split my time between there and down south for college. My boyfriend, he stayed behind in the house and he would mention that there were times that he just knew that he wasn't alone, but no other specific incidences took place. But the house began to get darker and our fights grew worse and more violent. Something happened to my mind and it all happened gradually until it was just horrible. A point of no return in fact. To this day the depression that I felt there was like nothing I've ever experienced before. And it changed me. After one particularly savage fight too I went for a drive and came back. I was alone. He wasn't there. I entered through the back door and... I was greeted by a wall of darkness. It was stale, cold and dark in there, even though all the lights were on and I could barely breathe. I snapped and I yelled at the darkness in the kitchen for no particular reason. Get out, go away, I see you, go, I'm sick of you. And to my absolute horror, it actually retreated. I swear to you on my son that I visibly saw the darkness shift backwards. I screamed at it some more and it retreated some more and there was light again. The house was light and beautiful again. Now, the weirdest thing is that after this, my memory just seems to stop there. In the kitchen, screaming at the darkness. 
because the next thing that I remember is that I was waking up in my bed, fully clothed on top of the sheets. The house is dark again, the staleness is there again, but when I walk into the kitchen, it's light and bright. Oddly enough, that was the first time that I considered the possibility that there might actually be something more to that house, that there might be something otherworldly there, but what, I don't know. Not too long after the incident in the kitchen too, I left the house and it was put up for sale. I have been through many tough and trying times since then, but I have never experienced the darkness, the sluggishness, the staleness, the pressure, the panic, the hopelessness, the bleakness and the agony of that home since then. My gut tells me that there's something there. My rationalism is willing to concede that it could all be subconsciously rooted in the pain associated with the home's history. I admit that, but I feel that there truly is or was something dark and dangerous within that home. And I only wonder if it was there when my mother moved in with my father or if she created it with her downward spiral. I had a reoccurring dream while in that house too, where I would walk into the middle room and see something that resembled a, a cross between the creature from Alien and Predator and it would lock eyes with me and I would hear in my mind, Window Sullivan, and the dream would end. There's no one in my family with the name Sullivan and I'm unsure if it's connected, probably not, but I never had that dream again after leaving that home, which is really weird. So... All in all, I've never been able to really explain what might be in there, and it didn't seem to fit typical ghost tales. I'm not sure why I wonder if my mother created it, it's just something that's popped into my head every time that I think about that house. I'm open to any suggestions or thoughts, but I am 100% committed to the experiences that I had here, and I swear by them. This event happened over the weekend while I was home from college for my mum's birthday. On Saturday night, I had a couple of beers with my girlfriend who was spending the weekend at our house because my parents are super chill. At about 12.30pm, maybe a few minutes after my parents went to bed, I went out to the back porch to grab a couple more beers for myself and my girlfriend who was waiting in the basement where we planned to watch Game of Thrones for a while before going to sleep. I opened the back door and stepped into the back porch and immediately, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end and I felt like I was being watched from the tree line. My back porch overlooks the backyard which leads directly into thick woods. I didn't think too much of it at first to be honest because I always feel a little bit spooked going outside at night. But as I opened the cooler, I heard it. In my mind, it was unmistakable. It was the agonizing screams of what sounded like my next door neighbor and her teenage daughter... I won't say their names because, you know, the internet creeps and all that. But what's even more terrifying is that I swear that they were screaming a very specific thing. Sam, help us, please. Sam, help. That's my name. Now, I was already intoxicated and on edge, but I turned around without the beers and locked the door behind me as I went back inside because that, that was just too much. Then I heard my mum's voice calling from upstairs, asking me if I heard it. I responded yes and asked if she knew what it was. She didn't have a clear answer, only speculation, but she knew for a fact that our neighbours were both inside their home. In other words, whoever that was, 
It sounded exactly like my neighbors who were screaming for help. That was not actually them. Last week I was pretty excited to go on a tour of an abandoned schoolhouse near my home. It was closed for like 12 years and it was a very gloomy place. But the tour promised a paranormal experience and it wasn't really like that though I guess. When I arrived there, there was a sort of Beetlejuice narrator that was guiding the whole thing. It was a very dirty and smelly place and I hoped for the worst. But then when it started, all my illusion fell and the whole tour was a more theatrical, sort of an insight into kind of like exorcisms, I guess. And so instead of feeling disappointed, I was actually very grateful because I had a lot of fun during the whole play. The next day I was cooking some lunch for the family and I decided to get some water from the fridge and the water was at room temperature because my brother didn't fill the water jar on time. And when I let it sit on the table to get a cup... The jar just exploded and I got like three pieces in me. I decided to clean it all up before someone noticed but then I realized that it was very difficult that this happened because the jar was at room temperature and like I said it just seemed to sort of explode out of nowhere. This was only the start too because every day something different happened. Like yesterday when all the plants that I took care of for years they just withered out of nowhere. Or on the weekend when I started to hear the doorknobs of the rooms that were already opened sort of rattling around. Or people walking on the second floor when nobody's around. My family is kind of concerned by the situation but they're waiting for everything to just sort of settle down. I guess they just hope that it will sort itself out. I really don't know what's happening but I sort of determined in my own mind that there must be something paranormal going on, something following me to my house from this location that I had gone to and it's causing all of these unexpected events. And I guess my question for all of you guys is, does anyone know what any of this means and should I be worried? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.